Welcome to the GI Outsourcing Podcast, a series created with accountants in mind. Throughout our podcast, we'll be speaking to a range of fantastic speakers on the challenges, successes, and future of their practice, gaining a comprehensive insight into their expertise and their experience with GI Outsourcing. In this episode, Mark Lee, one of the UK's most highly rated accountancy influencers, interviews Michael Riazzi, partner at SRC Time, to gain an understanding of how they've faced the challenges of the past 12 months and what the future holds for their practice. During this episode, we'll hear how outsourcing has assisted SRC Time in achieving their objectives, as well as gaining an insight into how the practice works on a day-to-day basis, what their plans are for the future, and how Brexit is now a key component of their work with many clients. Michael discusses the impact that GI outsourcing has had on their practice, allowing them to focus more heavily on client content, assessing the work and reviewing whether there is more scope to develop further relationships and extend their offering to clients. If you want to find out more about GI, get in touch with us via our website at giioutsourcing.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast from GI Outsourcing, hosted by me, Mark Lee. The idea is to help you learn how other accountants like you are adapting and preparing for the future in terms of practice management, technology and the day-to-day challenges that sometimes appear from nowhere. My guest today is Michael Riazzi, a partner at SRC Time in Brighton. Hello, Michael. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for doing this for us. Before we get into talking about how you see the future for your firm and for others in the profession, we should just get some context. Can you tell us a little about about your firm and how you came to be there? Because it's a result of a merger, I understand. Yeah, that's right, Mark. So um, myself and my business partner, Hannah Thatcher, we set up Time Accounts um, a little while ago. um, But I used to work with uh, Stephen Crouch, who was SRC, and we merged um, four years ago. Uh, and things have gone from strength to strength. Um, but along the way, there has been many challenges, uh, as uh, I'm sure everyone has experienced themselves. How unusual, indeed, yes. And, and what sort of size is the practice now? So I would say we're um, a small local boutique practice. We've got about 35 staff, and there's four partners. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. And is there anything that makes SRC time different to, uh, to your average practice of that sort of size do you think? Um, I I think we try and have a an overall approach where it's a one-stop shop we've got um, everything from corporate finance to accounting, um, wills, probates, we we cover all bases really. Fantastic that's great thank you very much for, for sharing that. Well perhaps we could start by talking about the biggest challenges that are facing your practice at the moment the chances are that some of them, maybe most, are going to resonate with our listeners. As you indicated just now, very few such challenges are unique to, to one firm. Exactly. So um, I'm sure everyone has uh, felt the wrath of COVID this year. And also coming up will be the Brexit, which is going to be one of our next challenges to face. Yeah, I can... Uh, Sure, that's that's right. And how have you coped in terms of resourcing everything as a result of uh, lockdowns and working from home and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, so we were actually quite lucky in that um, we were looking to move our practice more uh, digital based and um, 
in, in wanton for better terms into the cloud um, where you can remotely access everything. So we'd already started that process and then obviously COVID had happened and we did uh, a successful test day. And then the next day we were all working from home and then proper lockdown happened where I think po most people thought it might just be like a, a month at, at the most. It literally turned into what it was for everyone. And we were lucky that we had the infrastructure in place to be able to hit the ground running. Yeah, you're very, very fortunate in that regard. Yeah. And did it make any difference to how you use GI outsourcing? Yeah, so it did because um, re remote working is a challenge um, as quite a few people probably have discovered this year. Um, but what we found with uh, GI is that it can work in unison to help us both. Um, we would provide them with the work while carry on answering a lot of questions on furlough, on on the changes that all the, that were coming in every single day, practically uh, throughout the crisis. So it was like a like a valve where you could turn on the tap, turn it off when we need to. So it has proved to be very helpful. And I, I imagine that before the lockdown. Uh, managers and partners would know who was talking to, to GI, who was engaging with them, uh, because you're all in, this, all in the same office. But clearly things have changed with everybody working from home now. What, what's been the impact there? How do you manage everything? Yeah, so we used to have a central point of contact for GI. We still do. Um, and uh, that is Christina. So she will liaise with uh, the GI team in India and also in London in the UK. Um, and the managers go through her, um, but it has been slightly trickier because of lockdown, but we have managed to get through it and everyone has pulled together. And if there was a, a requirement for more of a direct contact, the managers would get in touch with um, GI themselves because they've already got a good working relationship with them anyway. Uh, it's, we, we find it easier to have one central point of contact who can then dish out any queries, any, any kind of like stuff that we need to sort out with GI. And that's a central point of contact in your office, you're saying? Yeah, um, and I think we have a couple of people that are dedicated to us uh, in M Mumbai. So it's Brilliant. good to have that. And be beyond that, um, what uh, what impact is Brexit going to be having then? You referenced Brexit just now. What, what impact is that going to have on the practice and, and your clients? Yeah, so we're already finding uh, the VAT and import-export is going to be our biggest um, hurdle to tackle. Um, luckily for us, we've got a really good um, tax team and experts that are working their way through the challenges that are coming up with clients. Um, we, as partners, liaise with our clients as well, trying to keep them abreast of what's going on. We also try and uh, have them uh, coming to us with any of their queries, because that is now kind of starting to snowball a little bit more as the, the countdown to Brexit day and fully leaving the EU system is fast approaching. Um, whether we get a deal, we, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert in that field, but yeah, we are starting to gear up towards more. COVID is, it is what it is. We've dealt with it for seven months or so, and now it's another, uh, another hurdle that um, all accountants and businesses are now having to face if they deal with the, the EU. I think, I think that's right. The the other interesting factor that I've noticed talking to accountants over the last last few months 
is, uh, and uh, your, your practice is of a size, so you were probably already proactively giving clients advice anyway. Um, yeah. But certainly lots of accountants have found that clients have been turning to them for advice in a way that they possibly hadn't done to the same extent previously. And the accountants are finding that clients are actually willing to take advice from them. What's your approach been in terms of charging clients for advice regarding furlough and uh, claims and grants? Uh, and in, similarly, uh, when it comes to advice on the impact of the, the changes that are coming as a result of Brexit? Yeah, so we might not have taken the traditional view and other firms obviously had their different price structure. So what we had with the immediate impact with coronavirus was an absolute deluge of emails and communication from all clients um, with regards to the situation. No matter what sector they were in, um, everyone was in the same boat. So what we did and what we decided to do as a firm was we have absorbed substantially most of that time cost that we incurred in the months of March and April. Obviously, furlough came in. We were learning how to do all of that. You know, we, at the time, is how can you justify charging a client an hour or two that you'll spend researching on a particular topic, and then you know they're they're already struggling. You know, so we we took that initial hit, and then from May, once we felt we were comfortable with all the changes that had come in and the, the rules that were slowly trickling through and how to, to tackle them. We started to sort of do a flat, uh, most of it around furlough was with the claims. So we did start to charge from May for a furlough claim, but from March and April, we, we did all of the furlough claims without any um, charge to the clients because we just felt as a firm, that was the right thing to do. And majority of our, um, uh, costings in those couple of months were absorbed but as so many clients have come back to us about the blogs that we were sending out the information and how grateful they were that it you know we were doing that kind of service and i think that that has paid dividends because of the the goodwill that it has generated within our firm and with our clients has been tremendous so to kind of have those couple of months where everyone was in the same boat um it, it, it's, it's, it makes us feel really good as a firm that our, our clients are appreciating what we're doing for them. I'm not surprised and, and with, with good reason too. And it, it's interesting to me that uh, you make that, you get that example of you know, potentially charging clients an hour for, for researching stuff. Because whenever I talk to accountants about pricing and fees and hourly rates and all the rest of that, the standard stuff that we we've all heard many many times the example i often used to give was if client a comes in and needs advice on something you haven't looked at for a while let's just take that example it takes you an hour to research it and find out so you charge them for an hour of your time client b comes in an hour later and you know the answer so what, how much do you charge client b you don't charge them for the five minutes it takes to answer on the phone or do you do you charge them an hour because that's what you charged client A or do you go ah that hour we spent on client A that that was good enough for two clients we'll give client A a refund of half an hour and charge client B for half an hour and then we'll keep doing that with a succession of oh clearly nobody does that yeah and it just belies the idea that we're charging clients for time we're not we're charging them for expertise knowledge peace of mind confidence yeah and I think you're right there in that as, an, as a chartered accountant, as a chartered tax advisor, who whatever qualifications um, a professional has, 
it, you're not going to be the expert in every single field. That that's the key thing to remember is like you you you're not you can be a master of a lot of stuff. You can be a jack of all trades, but not really the master of every single tiny thing. So that's why we have colleagues. I've got colleagues in corporate finance. I've got colleagues in the tax team that I can then rely on and um, gain that advice. But if it was something that I particularly just wanted to brush up on, I wouldn't personally. I I, I wouldn't charge that onto a client but once i feel like i've gained that knowledge and now i'm doing the chargeable piece of work then it will be agreeing a fee for that saying yep um i'm confident with what we need to do how we're going to approach this and the steps forward this is the the fee that i anticipate uh, it will take um once i get agreement um from the client we'll we'll then start the ball rolling yeah i, I think that's that's wonderful it makes it makes a lot of sense it's an honest approach as well uh, both to yourselves your, your practice and and to the clients uh, let's let's move on to uh, looking at uh, the what what you're doing in terms of charging clients uh, operating the same basis when it comes to all the advice they require in connection with VAT, customs duties, and the like. Uh, following uh, our departure, uh, whenever <laughs> as of uh, January 2021, and at the moment, at the time we're recording this, we don't know if there's going to be a deal or yeah. not. Or we'll hope <laughs> there will be a deal of some sort uh, but what what approach are you adopting to, to charging for the advice related to to that so we would always um generally have our sort of like zoom meetings uh free of charge just to run through what our clients required from us and once we have a better understanding of their issues we would then go away uh do our initial bit of research and then come back and then provide them with this is the the quote for the work that we are proposing on doing again with brexit it is up in the air so it is whatever information is in the public domain is what we as well have as experts to go on so that is what what we have however we are also um unique in that we've we are with a lot of other member firms we're like part of 2020 group we've got um corona tax advice there's a lot of other different channels that we can also dip in and out of to get get that additional bit of assurance if if we if we needed that little bit of extra advice there's a lot of information that comes out from everywhere from every single angle and you've just got to filter it through to the relevance for that particular client because one one bit of advice one client and their particular circumstances dealing with the eu member states may not be the same as a, a, another client that deals with eu member states so it is it's hard right now it's a lot of juggling balls in the air um and um just trying to give the best advice and service to the clients that we have that there, there speaks a man with plenty of experience uh, uh it uh, we we all learn from experience that temptation to assume that once we've learned something it's going to apply to everyone uh before we find out that there are little tweaks or little situations yeah. issues that may mean that the advice has to be varied. And of course, we have to educate our clients to appreciate that as well, that any advice we give them is going to be specific to their circumstances, their situations, their challenges. And you can't just take it off the shelf and give them a copy of what you gave a previous client and expect them to be able to rely on it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm very much a fan of like, well, if you can, you know, if you can Google it, you can Google it. But that's why we get, you know, we've studied and done our um, qualifications for, um, and this is why we are, we are expert in our field. I wouldn't dream of providing law or HR advice. You know, they're, they're, there's people who specifically do stuff like that. So 
Um, yeah, we, we know our limits, um, but we're there to um, give, give the best service to the clients that we've got for the, 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 the professional qualifications we've obtained. That's, that's, that's great. Thank you. Uh, if we just return to outsourcing for a moment, which, uh, which areas of service do you, do you use in terms of uh, GI's outsourcing services? So we predominantly use accounts and the corporation tax side of things. Um, and we've recently started looking at the payroll um, side of things, which is quite exciting from our point of view. In other words, we want to try and also grow our payroll business and seeing how we can work alongside GI for um, turning the work around and also um, giving the service to our client, end client. Do, do your clients know that you outsource? Yeah, so um, anybody who we provide that service to will know that we have outsourced to India and we would specifically reflect that in the price. Um, if somebody uh, wasn't aware, we would definitely make them aware. But just to reassure everyone that the GI are never sent anything. They, they log in for us through our secure servers and everything. We've got a dedicated team. I liken GI to another member of my team. Excellent. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't give work to anybody who wasn't part of my team. And I, I class GI as part of SRC Time team. I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. And it's, it strikes me as the obvious way to, to think about these things. And I also believe it's a reason why more accountants are looking at outsourcing as a result of having so many people working from home and realising, wow. oh, we've got people working from home. They're not in the office with us. Does it matter whether their home or where they're working from is mm -hmm. local to the office, elsewhere in the UK, overseas, as far away as India or Australia or New Zealand or whatever, as long as the work is being done to the standard that we want it to be done to, to give to our clients, and you obviously check it. And, and I'm impressed you're doing something that I know some accountants don't do. You said that you're actually reflecting uh, the lower costs of uh, using uh, GI's outsourcing services than it would cost if you had staff. You're reflecting that in your fees, did you say? Yeah, so um, if somebody is cost uh, sensitive, we would give them the option of saying, well, we don't have to carry out the bookkeeping in-house. It, it can be outsourced and there are cost savings in that respect. So the way I think about GI's uh, fees to us, they don't, they're, they're not a, a seat in the office. You know, I'm, I'm not having that third overhead cost as such. Um, but obviously we need to mark it up a little bit um, because obviously GI gets their, their uh, rates of pay. Um, but it's a way of helping clients who maybe at the start out of their um, business, they need to be looking at how to cut costs. They may not be as um, proficient or confident with bookkeeping and the account side of things. So you've got a, a team of chartered accountants in India who will prepare the work who will liaise with my chartered accountants, and then we finalise the work. Uh, we would then have the meeting with the clients to run through what their results mean, make sure they're comfortable with the figures, um, because a lot of clients, they seem to, <laughs> they, they care about the, the bottom line profit and the tax that they pay, but I think it's also important for them to understand how their business is operating. So we would also try and meet them and run through any of their sort of like queries with the figures uh, and help them out that way. That sounds wonderful. 
uh, and certainly forward-thinking uh, approach to running an accountancy practice, I'd say as well. So if you see GI and whoever's doing the work at GI as a member of your team, is there a concern amongst any of the members of your team that they might be replaced by outsourcing, that you might outsource the work that they currently do? Do they feel any pressure? No. Uh, absolutely no way um it's it's a bit unusual i get where you get i understand your question but no because we are so busy and i don't mean to sound like oh my god we're so fantastic we, we are so busy that the the reason we are busy is because we've got a really good team in the uk who are working hard it's stuff like the covid situation which kind of like brings to a forefront you know what accountancy is slowly moving away from just the churn kind of process the AI is coming in slowly. Um, so we need to concentrate on giving advice to our clients and also freeing up time for my managers to be able to liaise with um, the clients and also see how their business is doing. Is there any other additional services that we could provide our clients? Because we don't have the, the worry of thinking, oh, I've got to knock out this bit of bookkeeping and then knock out this bit of um, accounts another qualified person is carrying that work out and we get the end results we liaise with them we we look at it all and we finalize it and once we're completely happy with it we then send it out to the clients so and we also provide a lot of feedback with gi and i like to have feedback provided to us because it's a two-way is a two-way street you know it's it's not just all it's a bit of give and take um and yeah the, the way it's working for us is to provide feedback and we also um, need to have feedback from GI to say, well, this is how you can improve things your end. And then we'll work towards a better process. It sounds as if your clients uh, benefit, your staff benefit, and, uh, and, the, and the partners benefit <laughs> as well. If, yeah. if, you, if you had uh, sufficient new clients in at any stage, would you be looking to recruit new staff, particularly given uh, where we are now in terms of uh, people working from home uh, or would you expand the number of the amount of work that goes to GI how would you how would you balance that equation so prior to COVID we had a very successful program actually with one of our local universities Brighton University just down the road where we would take at least two intakes in their um, interim year that really worked with um, for us however with COVID um, it just it just hasn't proved to be the case. Um, you the, the the level of um, candidates you get are really good, but they need the training. While with outsources, it's somebody you know the the GI team has already done the training. They've got the 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 infrastructure in place. I think it could definitely be a hybrid of intakes, training them, and moving them up the ladder, but definitely with with outsourcing because this year has been the year that's really highlighted how important it is to have that emergency team should should anything happen and now we you know we can easily give more stuff to gi uh, if ever required you know they're they're there to pick up the p the they're there to pick up the pace of where we we um might be bottlenecking for whatever reason because it's just coming up to like um, what we what we say now, December, January, silly season, it is just ridiculously busy for us right now. Um, and yeah, GI can be a, a great uh, source of um, uh, work production for us. That's fabulous to hear. Thank you very much for that.
Um, looking looking to the future and beyond Brexit and uh, and the future for SRC time, what uh, what else are you doing to prepare for the next year or so? What what other challenges do you think you might be facing? Um, so we actually. Prior to, <clears throat> after the merger, we, we also acquired another um, local practice and that, that went really well for us. It was only a, um, a, a sole practitioner uh, looking to uh, wind up and um, we took over that practice, integrated it um, with a handover, successful handover with the, the partner who, who had that firm. And I think this year we're, we're, we're in, we are looking to expand, we're looking to efficientize the processes we've got in place and we're looking to go pretty much into the cloud uh, pretty much remote so there isn't a requirement to physically have a location to go to in other words you can log in at home you can log in from your holiday destination if you or why you would want to do that i don't know but uh, you know you you can <laughs> access anything at any time anywhere and we're working alongside our software and providers with their cloud-based solution on that um, and again we've we're, we're integrating uh, gi with access to that system as well so they will have the remote logins as well to to get um to the files and uh, access to the work to be done and managing all of that's obviously a, a challenge to be overcome it's, it's, it's hard but thank god i've got a great administration too <laughs> it's so good i'm like don't don't get me wrong it's like uh, uh, they are so good they are they're really on it they're, they're it's a much bigger project um than we'd envisaged um but we've just had an update yesterday actually um with the our head uh, administrator so she filled us in with all of that um, so yeah it is it is really good it's going well uh, I'm delighted, and I, I wish you well uh, with uh, with achieving your uh, your ambition. There. <laughs> um, before we finish, uh, can I ask you to, to summarise three tips that you'd like to share with the other accountants listening, based on your experiences? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I can only speak for our firm and the the sort of like the the stuff that we've experienced. <clears throat> but this year has been um, a particularly hard year for everyone. But I would say um, for us, for, for, for me, I think it's making the team efficient. The way to do that is by um, having um, automation, sort of like cloud-based softwares rather than data input of every single line. Uh, that, I think that's quite an old way of doing things now. Um, uh, also, outsourcing is a great way of um, getting work done efficiently, quickly, and to a really high standard that um, it just frees up your time to concentrate on other things to do with your clients. Um, and finally, it, for us, it's definitely going online. And it was always something that we were planning on doing prior to COVID, but since COVID has happened, it's accelerated everything. And we're hoping by the first quarter of next year that we will have our sort of like software based system in place, ready to go. I, 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 so what will be different as regards Q1 next year when you're fully in the in the cloud compared to uh, how you've been coping over the last few months? Yeah, so by going fully into uh, a cloud-based environment, we, we will have a one-stop shop of where all of our information is. Right now, we've got multiple places and multiple softwares or where 
there's it just consumes time looking for certain um, files, looking for certain information. While when it's all in in one document file management system, and we've got remote access to all of our softwares, it will just make our life a lot easier. So uh, yeah, roll on uh, <laughs> quarter two. That's what I say. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for for clarifying that. And I can understand the distinction that you're making. Now you've been coping over the last few months but you will be full everything will be fully integrated uh, yeah. in the future which will make yeah. things faster more efficient more effective and it'll be easier for everybody as as well yeah exactly alleviating time so we can get on with uh, all sorts of other things for our clients that's that's wonderful uh thank you very much for for sharing uh, everything with us there michael um and uh really appreciate your time today um I wish you continued success with SRC time long into the into the future and to uh, everybody listening thank you for listening to this podcast from GI Outsourcing today I hope you found today's interview useful and inspiring and we'll think about what you might do differently as a result of the time you've spent with us today if you want to know more about GI Outsourcing please visit their website at giOutsourcing.com that's all one word giOutsourcing.com I've been Mark Lee my website is bookmarkly.co.uk, but that's it for now. Please take a moment to bookmark our podcasts and leave a positive rating on whichever platform you use to get your podcasts. Positive reviews are really helpful. and GI Outsourcing would really appreciate it. So would I. Thanks again and goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.